What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Five Minutes Alone with Pastor Andrew. I'm going to pray. Holy Ghost, fill this moment, fill this episode with your your pleasure, your, your presence, your tangible glory, your goodness, your mercy. Holy Spirit, I need you. I am but a vessel, Lord, for your glory and your honor, Lord. Take control of this time. And let it be something that pleases and honors you. In Jesus' name, I pray that. Amen. The Holy Ghost is really good. You know, I know, oh, he is so long, he longs to be with us. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit wants to be the most important person in your life, in your marriage, in your job. In your home, cha, when you with your kids, <laughs> here's a radical one. In your church, in the ministry that you're a part of, the music, the prayer, Holy Spirit is the most important thing. And I love the Holy Spirit because He is so unreligious. Like He, in fact, if you want to tick Him off, if you want to push him out the door, start getting religious. He's just kind of like, that's cool. If y'all are going to do that, you know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bail. <laughs> and he'll leave. He'll, he, you know, it doesn't mean that he's mad, but he can be grieved. It hurts his heart when we do religion and we ignore fellowship in the Holy Ghost. It hurts his heart when we choose structure and religion and tradition and form. And we push him away. He hate he he doesn't like that. And I, one the one thing that I've come to appreciate in revival is that at any moment, whether I'm in church or at home, I can stop and literally just turn off me completely, just and and just yield to the Holy Spirit, and I just sort of just relax. It's kind of like those trust exercises you do in training for a job when you, you, someone stands behind you and you fall backwards. I'm not doing that with anybody. I weigh 350 pounds, so you need to be a pretty big old boy if you're going to catch me. The Holy Ghost is hes a pretty big old boy. He can catch you. He will catch you. And you just stop everything you're doing, and you just sort of melt into the arms of the Holy Ghost. At any point in time, you can do that. And you know what I've learned? He loves it. He's never too busy when you decide to do that. He's never occupied with something else that he'd rather do than do that. At any moment, at any time of your day, in your life, in any aspect of your life, all we have to do is just stop and yield to the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what I've learned as well. <laughs> Not everybody likes that. Not everybody wants that. You want to know why? Because it takes vulnerable vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be you have to say, "Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to just let my guard down. I'm going to drop my walls. I'm going to let my ego go. And I'm going to just fall into your arms just like a trust exercise. And you just, you know, if you risk it all, to, to basically fall and break your neck, your ego, if he doesn't catch you. But he always 
does. He always does. He always will. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will always catch you. But if you've built up something in your life that is more than that, just seriously, that's more than that, that has become a religious thing for you, it's become tradition and structure and form, that's you know a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, if it's that, it grieves his heart. He doesn't like it. And you're on the road to destruction. It will destroy you. It doesn't please God. And so I've been thinking a lot about this verse, Galatians 5.1. Just an amazing, wonderful scripture. So let me read it to you. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. I'm here to tell you today, the Christian life is about freedom. It's, it's about being liberated from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of keeping the law. It's the bondage of like having to be good. So you, what well, you're trying to say, wait a minute. Now you're trying to say that you won't be good if you're a Christian. I'm trying to say when you're a Christian, you're holy. And that's because of Jesus, not because of you. So you're trying to say that you're not, you don't, you, you know, you sin and then you ain't, you won't be unholy when you sin. Yeah, kind of actually. That's what what I'm saying. Because this is about your status with God. This is about a, a total convergent conversion of your nature before God. You have been transformed when you're born again. You have been turned from darkness to light when you're born again. It doesn't mean that you're not going to sin, but the truth is God's not weighing your account based on that sin once you've been born again. It rhymes. God's looking at the status that you are, the nature that you have that is changed by the Holy Spirit because of the blood of Jesus. And so this nonsense that we perpetuate by telling people, you know, when you sin, you disrupt your fellowship with God. Well, if it got disrupted, that's only because you decided that it got disrupted. The scriptures are clear that in your time of need to approach the throne of grace, that he, you know, who will reign in this life by an abundance of grace. Who needs grace but sinners? The danger of religion the entanglement and the yoke of bondage is whenever we start to think we control our status and our nature and our destiny and our fellowship and relationship with God based on how good we are that day. How good I've been this week. Did I pray enough? Did I read the Bible enough? Are you saying we shouldn't pray and read the Bible? Uh, obviously, no. You should pray. You should read the Bible because you want to, because it's part of yielding and fellowship to the Holy Spirit. That it's not because you think like I can make Him come to fill my life at this moment. And you know, if I read enough, if I read enough Scripture, if I pray long enough, if I pray fervently enough, if I preach the gospel on the streets enough, God will accept me again. But then I slipped and I looked at porn, and now God hates me, and so I have to beat myself down and and you know go through penance and crawl on broken glass to get God to accept me again and then really what that is it's when you and I feel like we have punished ourselves enough by sin when we've sinned 
when we feel like we have beat ourselves down enough, then we feel better about it, and then we feel like we can approach God. But when did the grace come for your sin? Did it come before you did the sin, or did it come after you beat yourself down to the ground? Or was it maybe, I know this is a radical thought, but maybe, maybe it was already there. Maybe when Jesus hung on that cross and said, it is finished, that nobody needs to be beat down to a bloody pulp again for sin. Nobody needs to have a crown of thorns on their head to prove that they have been busted and broken enough for the sin of the world because Jesus did it. Maybe he completed it. Maybe he finished that part of the equation so that you and I can lay hold of grace. Because I'll tell you, anything short of leaning on and trusting in the beautiful, wonderful grace of God is a yoke, it's bondage, it's, it's going to lead you down a slippery slope. Because I've known some really, really religious people that were really good at keeping rules and imposing those rules on other people, and those people don't even serve God today. Those people, I mean, I'm not even just saying like they went to a different church. I'm talking about I know people that are Satanists now that were once very doctrinal and very religious, very traditional in some regards, and they had very little grace and mercy for anyone else who sinned. The truth is they hated their own sin. You know, they felt guilty and rejected and ashamed. And so they project that nonsense onto other people. That's what happens. It's dirty, it's nasty, it's demonic, it is not God. Because anything that doesn't feel free, I'm telling you, freedom in Christ Jesus as a Christian, it ain't the Lord. Now again, if you hear this and somehow you translate what I'm saying into meaning you should go sin more, you are probably lost. <laughs> or you're the kind of religious person I'm talking of. So you could think that uh, whatever you do, whatever you choose to do, you know, has no consequence and no bearing and that it's all going to be good. And we call that, what do we call that? Greasy grace. But I think that's a concept that makes sense only for the lost person. Because if you're born again and you are hidden with Christ in God, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that you no longer live, but Christ lives in you, that you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that if John is right to say, you know, he, he Father loves us just as he loves Jesus. Like if that's you and that's your definition, like you know the gravity and weight of your sin. But the real revelation comes that when you have sinned, you look at that moment and you say, well, it was always the cross that saved me. It was always grace that covered me. Instead of trying to make myself worthy of, of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, maybe I should just yield to the Holy Spirit and receive an abundance of grace, run straight into the arms of the Father, and collapse into His arms, because I guarantee you, just as the Holy Spirit will never let you fall if you fall into His arms, the Father will never, ever, 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 ever reject you if you come to Him and say, Father, I have sinned. And in that very moment, he's like the, the father who sees the prodigal son coming on the horizon. He starts running toward you. He's, he's excited. He wants that. At every turn, that is the heart of the father, is to receive us. But it's, it's a nasty thing 
we get tangled up in that yoke of bondage that's not freedom that starts saying something to the effect of I can keep myself holy if I'm good enough, if I do the right thing and I'm smart enough, God will like me, he will accept me. That's a dirty, nasty thing. That is not the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. The freedom that we have in Jesus is that when we sin, we have the same advocate in that moment of sin that we had when we came to the cross the first time. The blood of Jesus is enough. Grace is sufficient. We don't need anything more than that. We don't need to add a little bit to the work of Jesus on the cross to get our salvation. We have been born again. We have access. We are free. We have liberty. We are free today in Christ Jesus when we're born again. And then again, I have to say this. Because if you hear that and you think I'm giving you a license to sin, you've missed the point. Because I'm giving you the truth that you have a license to win. If you hear that and it soothes your itching ears and you were just waiting to hear somebody say it because you're getting tired of all this repentance talk that you keep hearing, you're probably lost. If you just want to hear the grace message, you're basically you're surrounding yourself with what you want to hear. That's not what I'm talking about here either. And so I encourage you today, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, repented of your sins, turned away from it all, and thrown yourself on the mercy of God, do it today! Get born again. If you're not born again, you're not right with God. God bless you. 